Welcome to the Breakthrough Podcast with Pastor Danny Anderson. I'm Rachel Long, and boy, listeners, we have a treat for you today. Today is one of a two-part conversation with Pastor Danny and Brad Lominick. Brad Lominick is was the president of Catalyst for 10 years. He's a two-time author. He is the founder of Blink. And personally, recently, I went to his Rethink Leadership Conference, which was exceptional. I'm thrilled for you to get to hear from Brad about having a breakthrough in your career. So let's join Pastor Danny and Brad right now. Well, welcome to the Breakthrough Podcast today, and I have a very special edition of the podcast today because I have a very special guest with us here in the studio today, Mr. Brad Lominick. Yeah. Welcome, Brad. It's weird that you clap for yourself, but why not? (laughs) That's okay. It's the Breakthrough Podcast. It's the Breakthrough Podcast. Normally, we're joined by Rachel Long, but she's not here today. Uh, Did we kick Rachel out because I'm on, or is she on sabbatical? Where is Rachel today? (laughs) She's just... She's just not here. <laughs> she is not. She is somewhere doing something amazing. She is. But she's actually working on our latest uh, campus. We're okay. working on an acquisition, so she is very, very busy. She's our multi-site director here at the church as well. So um, yeah, so she's not here today, but she normally is. But Brad's here with us today. We're so excited to have you. And if you don't know who Brad is, my listeners, uh, Brad um, is really just a fantastic human being. First of all, I want to say that. Um, but uh, he's done some amazing things uh, in the Christian world. Uh, for 10 years of his life, he has led uh, and been the president of Catalyst Conference. If you don't know what that is, it's one of the largest Christian conferences in America and still is today. And so he did that for an entire decade of his life. There's seven and... people that just raised their hand and said, <laughs> I've been before. The rest are going, I have no idea what that is. That's not true. I've have been you there. been? Yeah, and brought my team When's the last time you went to a Catalyst gathering? A few day? years ago, but it was very, very inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> that was back when I was, hopefully, I was still involved in you were. it. Yeah. You were. It was yeah, great. Yeah. Andy, Andy Stanley spoke. Of did, course. Jim Collins spoke. It was yeah. great. Uh, he's also written two books um, that I have read, both of those books, The Catalyst Leader and H3 Leadership, fantastic leadership books if you're looking to improve your leadership. Um, and yeah, he's appeared on uh, some of the some of the best podcasts, ones that I listen to. Been on the Carrie Newhoff podcast several times, which if you haven't listened to the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast, it's fantastic. Um, and yeah, just uh, this this was great. I thought this was wonderful. You have been to the White House. That's incredible. Yes. You've did you meet the president? I have met multiple presidents. Which sounds like a big deal. That is, is a big deal. When you lead something that a lot of people know about you tend to get invited to things you shouldn't be invited to. So <laughs> that, that would be the fair way to say that this knucklehead from Oklahoma that you know, grew up in a small town actually made it to the, into the East Room of the White House to meet the president, along with many others. It wasn't just me and the president hanging right, out having right. coffee. But You're very humble. There is, there is things that you get to do when you lead something that you don't deserve, and th- that would be one of those. Yeah, is it's the quite opportunity amazing. to show up and in that room. Mm-hmm. So I was, I looked around and thought, okay, are they going to think that, are they going to think anything if I take the napkins? <laughs> and then we, we kind of went to the, well, what about like a utensil, maybe a knife or a spoon or a fork? Can I take the biscuits home with me? Can I put them? They were so good. Can I actually put them in my, 
you know, coat jacket. Did you take something? Uh, I did take some napkins. Wow. And the Secret Service people kind of, they, you know, they give you the eye of, it's okay. Really? Well, everybody thinks that when they go to the White House. Like, sure, what can I get sure. away with? Huh. But I will say this. Your tax dollars at work are doing amazing things in regards to the, to the little small sausage biscuits they serve <laughs> over breakfast. So regardless of your focus or your, or your persuasion politically, one thing you can be proud of is the biscuits at the White House. Wow, that is very insightful. Yes, take that and do yeah. what you want with it. I, I feel a breakthrough coming. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> well, well, that's amazing. And uh, so right now, Brad, you since uh, you left Catalyst, you are now running an organization called Blink. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it, it is simply me. So, uh-huh. you know, I'm, I basically went from leading an organization to now sort of leading uh, my ability to advise and help other organizations. Hmm. So I, I like to say that I'm now in the shadows hmm. where before I was building something where there was thousands of people that would show up, hmm. leaders, and now I basically hang out with those who put on things that hmm. bring thousands of leaders together. Hmm. So I'm, I'm sort of stage right is a good way to describe it these days yeah. instead of being on the stage. So I, I'd spend a lot of time with organizations, with leaders, trying to bring clarity, trying to help them with things they're wrestling with, uh, building conferences, building movements. And it's just, you know, it's a small little advisory agency that I put together and actually have ha- had an existence for a long time. It just, this season, it made sense to, to express it more. Awesome. Awesome. Well, today, Brad, um, we, I want to talk a little bit about um, having a breakthrough in regards to your career. You know, there's some amazing statistics out there. Uh, I just saw recently that Forbes magazine put out that uh, work, people's jobs, is is more of a source of frustration than fulfill, fulfillment for nearly 90% of people. Uh, I also saw a stat from the Gallup poll that said 85% of people hate their jobs. Hmm. Um which essentially means that only 15% of the workforce is engaged or passionate at some level about what they do from Monday through, you know, Friday, nine to five, which is so sad. It's, yeah. It just breaks my heart. Um, and even if you're part of that 15%, you know lots of people who, who are part of the 85%. They just can't stay in their job and they're just looking yeah, for a way out. maybe a spouse out. or a child yes. or a brother or sister or mm-hmm. even a parent, yeah. So I, I kind of wanted to talk today about having a breakthrough in in um, in the area of your career or the thing that you do, your job. Um, so many people just are frustrated, angry. They wish they were doing something else. They hate it. Um, they don't feel like it's a match for their skill set. Um, they're just hoping for the weekend to come. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you you had this you have this amazing story where you're you're in a job. You're, you're I mean you're really at the top of your game when you left the, the Catalyst uh, conference. I mean, it was thriving. Thousands of leaders were coming from all over the world, and you walked away. And and I, I think that there's some things in your story that we can kind of pull out, tease out, that would really be helpful for people who are sure. feeling frustrated. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to change jobs. Um, could, could you, could you sh- maybe share your story a little bit, and yep. then maybe we can look into some things that would be really helpful? Yeah, the quick version, uh, grew up in Oklahoma, went to school at University of Oklahoma, Boomer Sooner, hmm. by the way. <laughs> Everybody out there in podcast land who is a Sooner fan, let's, you know, just give me a, I'll give you a Boomer, you you Sooner me back. So See, I didn't know that's I was what we supposed do. To, Oh. No, you don't do it because oh, you're I a don't. fan. No, you don't participate, Danny. <laughs> okay. 
so I, I, I went to school at OU and was a history major. Thought I was going to go into politics. Hmm. That was sort of the plan. Hmm. Um, grew up in the church, so had some, some helpful things as part of the local church. Was a Christian at a young age, but I had some helpful things that, that navigated through that season to even say, what should I do with my life? And I want to connect it to, to the spiritual framework of what I feel like God is not only wired me to do, but called me to do. Um, so I went and worked on this ranch after college, thought it was going to be six months, stayed for almost six years, mm. really developed some work, work-life theology, some, some perspective on life. I mean, anybody who's listening, by the way, if you're in your 20s, go find something to do mm-hmm. that will put you around the right people, but also allow you to even start to um, say no to things that you're experiencing or yes to things you're experiencing. That's sometimes the best way to find your sweet spot mm-hmm. is actually to have mm-hmm. multiple options that now you look back and go based on all the experience. But this ranch world, this ranch life I had was not what I was supposed to do with my life, but it gave me perspective. Mm. Realized that politics was just something that felt like, um, felt like something my parents or people that I grew up around would have been proud of me for. Mm-hmm. Um, all that got thrown into the soup. I met some guys at this ranch who were the first people I'd ever come across that sort of carried the scriptures in one hand and the Wall Street Journal in the other. Hmm. And I was so perplexed and sort of curious about them. And I just basically told these guys, they lived in Fayetteville, Arkansas, of all places. I said, I want to be around you. Hmm. Like, I don't even know what you guys do. I don't understand your world. I don't understand your 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 business. I don't know what you do for people or for organizations, but I want to just hang around you because they were the first ones I'd really seen that they were at the intersection of faith and work and they, they navigated both worlds very um, appropriately mm-hmm. and they didn't sort of walk into one, you know, sort of all shucks and walk into the other one and feel confident. So I went and worked with these guys and one of our clients was John Maxwell's organization. Mm. This was back in the late nineties. And that's where the Catalyst Connection came from. I started helping them on doing events. I didn't know anything about doing events. And then the, you know, the next 15 years from that, classically, the consultant then steps in and starts to work with the organization they're helping. So I was around from the early days of Catalyst. He, that, that's the short story vocationally for right. me, Danny. Here, here's the thing that I think is helpful for people when they hear my story or when people start to think about their own story, is first of all, every season I've walked into of vocation, I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't prepared. Mm. I worked on a ranch. I didn't know anything about ranching. Mm. I worked in a consulting practice with two business people in Fayetteville, Arkansas, doing management consulting for family businesses and large nonprofits and small for-profit companies. I didn't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. I stepped into the event world doing conferences. I didn't know anything about that. Wow. Every season I've walked into, I wasn't prepared for. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us think that our 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 um, our next assignment is based on all the experience we have, and it's led up to that. Even what you major in is going to become right. the thing that you do. And that might be true, but for a lot of us, it's not. Mm-hmm. A lot of us, we walk in to new things and say, I don't have a clue, but I'm willing to learn and willing to you know, sort of show up and, and actually lean into this new season of assignment. Right. Um, so that's, that's encouraging, I think, to a lot of people. It was for me even looking back now, 
is I don't have to know everything before I walk into the next thing. Yeah, that's so good for people to hear. How many, I mean, what's the statistics on how many college students actually get a job in the area of their degree? It's, Very few. Yeah, it's and, there, and there's some people, you know, you, you're, you're sort of annoyed by the person in college that they, when you start saying, what are you going to do with your life? And they've known since they were five. Yeah, right. Oh, I've always wanted to be a doctor. And if, if that's true, great. Yeah. Lord bless you. Most of us, though, we don't have a clue Mm-hmm. When we walk into college, and even our 20s and 30s, we're, we're still navigating going, I'm really not sure. Sure. And you know, so that's why it's so important, even in your early, the, the early parts of your career, get around people you actually just want to be around. Mm-hmm. The who is mm-hmm. way more, more important than the what. Right. We right. focus so much on the what, though. We focus on what are you majoring in? What are you going to do with your life? Right. What's the next season? Those are great questions, but the better question is, Actually, who are you going to be around? Mm-hmm. Who are you becoming? Right. Um, who who do you want to become, and who is now influencing you? So, mm-hmm. every twenty something I'm around, if they're wrestling or even forty somethings or fifty somethings, like go find people you want to you want to work with. Mm-hmm. The the what piece will take care of itself. That's good. So so you basically you you have this this decade where Catalyst is just doing these starts out you know one day events and then it turns into two day events and thousands of people are coming and now you're filling stadiums and it's just you've got the some of the greatest if not the greatest leaders in in the church and in the secular world coming speaking at these events and and when Catalyst seems to be at the at this this crescendo, this high point, you decide to walk away. Yeah, I'm, I mean that that is an amazing that's an amazing story. Can you t- tell me tell us uh, you know what? How did you know it was time, and why did you walk away? Like, what's some of the some of the reasons there, and how did you know? Sure. And well, I turned forty, and we started Catalyst really with the the primary idea being that we wanted to gather the next generation. Because hmm. we were all in our 20s when we started right. Catalyst. Mm-hmm. There was a bunch of us hanging around John Maxwell who were in our 20s, and we wanted to do something for our generation. We wanted to gather younger leaders primarily. And so when you turn 40, a lot of things change for you as a leader. And I realized at that point, not that I needed to be put out to pasture, Right. And and actually retire, you know yeah. that. But but I did need to make room mm-hmm. for the next generation behind me. Mm-hmm. So that was part of it. And, and again, my succession. story, yes, my story has this massive asterisk next to it, because I'm what I'm not saying is to everybody listening when you turn forty or when you get to that season that you need to do what I did. Right. My story is unique. It's yeah. very unique. Right. So don't take all this and go. Well, Brad said that I should hand things off when right. I get to a certain stage. That's not what I'm saying. Quit my job. Yeah, exactly. Right. But that that was part of it, turning mm-hmm. 40. Mm-hmm. There was also a sense for me of of I was getting bored. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I was at that stage where I looked around and said, what I'm doing right now, um, somebody else can do that mm-hmm. and perhaps do it better than I can. Now there's some things in my life that only I can do. Mm-hmm. Because of season of 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 season of of assignment, wisdom, experience, all those pieces, and a lot of us, when we get to places where we feel comfortable on the top of the mountain, we start protecting, and we start pushing people back down the mountain, protecting our 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 stage or our sense that we're on top, compared to, you know what, like the view's great at the top of Everest. Hmm. Let somebody else come up and have that view, and you go back down the mountain. 
mm-hmm. and find another mountain to climb. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I needed, I felt like it was time for me to go do other things. Mm-hmm. And whether it was catalyst or something else, I would have been leading. It mm-hmm. didn't matter. Right. It was, it was time to move on. Mm-hmm. And giving yourself permission many times to go chase the next adventure mm-hmm. is one of the hardest things that leaders do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Giving yourself permission. Mm-hmm. It's always hard because you think, well, how long am I supposed to stay? When should I leave? Mm-hmm. I'm, I still want to be a good steward of this. Is this the best it's ever going to be? The hardest thing for me leaving Catalyst, Danny, was I, the temptation in me was, gonna, was always going to say in my ear, if I let it, it was going to say, your best days are done, buddy. Mm. You just peaked. Yeah. You just hit the top of the food chain. Right. Now, nobody's going to care anymore. Nobody's going to want you to come hang around them. You're, you're not going to be JV right. for the mm. rest of your life compared to playing on the A-team. Mm. And that's, that's just that's a false dichotomy. It's, it, it's not true, but a lot of us struggle with it's that. It's a temptation for sure. Yeah. And I had to give myself permission to be released from that, and it was really hard. Yeah. You know? the, mm. the biggest thing, though, we can dive into this because I, know, I think it'll be helpful for listeners, is true understanding of identity, calling, and assignment. Mm. And yeah, that's something that a lot of us wrestle that. with. Yeah, that. for sure. So I've heard you say in other interviews, um, and this is huge for for people that I've talked to. You know, the whole the whole identity issue being caught up in your job, in right. what you do. When you talk to the average guy, if you say, "Hey, you know, what's the first question we ask ourselves each other?" Yeah, what do you well, do? You know, what do you do? Because it's in that job that we find our sense of value or worth or justification for living <laughs> our existence. And and what blows my mind about your story is that here you are, you're you're the guy behind Catalyst. You're connected to all of these ma- very, very important influential people. Um, you're friends with Craig Rochelle, one of my heroes. Uh, I got to shake his hand one time. You actually got to hang out with him. Well, that's I mean, true. That's true. Let's let's say it. The, Not like this, though. Truly, like what you, it is. Me and yeah. you are hanging out. Yeah, like, this is true hanging out. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you have Andy Stanley's number in your phone. You know, one another one of my heroes. You've hung out with Bob Goff, right? You've been to his personal home, so you you know all these people. So in my mind, I'm thinking, man, if you would have kept going, yeah, at 40 and continued to lead Catalyst for another 10 years, another sure. 15 years. The the your influence and knowing all these people, it's just going to grow and grow and grow and grow, and then you decide, you decide to give it up, and and what? So I know that that had to, uh, you had to be incredibly healthy in your sense of identity. I wasn't though. That was that was part of the the, the paradox mm. is I was becoming unhealthy. Mm. Callous Brad had taken over Brad. Catalyst Brad. <laughs> yeah, because I love Callous Brad. We all mm. did. Mm. Callis Bragg got invited to the White House, and he, he got to hang out with all the people that you just mentioned. Mm. And the biggest struggle for me, once there was a clear sense of, like, this season of assignment is now over. Mm-hmm. You need to move to the next season. The biggest struggle was, what happens to Callis Brad? Do I still get invited to all the cool parties? Mm-hmm. Like, do, although, do those people care that I even exist anymore? Right. That was a big, big struggle. And I had to wrestle that one down to the ground. And that's where, again, identity, calling, and assignment have to be clear because that's where your self-awareness comes from, mm-hmm. and it's also where your contentment comes from. Mm-hmm. And your confidence, Yeah. To be, to be honest. Like, your true confidence in what you think your life's supposed to be about and what you feel like, where that intersects with what God has 
wired you to do and also what he's called you to do. Mm -hmm. So just to give a breakdown real quick, identity is who you are. Mm-hmm. Calling is why you're here, mm-hmm. and assignment is what you do. Mm, that's good. So again, identity, who you are. Um, let's use you as an example. Let's mm-hmm. let's do a little test case on Danny Anderson. Okay. So who you are? Let's let's fill in the blank on that. Sure. Child of God. Yep. Yeah. Um, father. Father. Husband. Husband. Son. Mm-hmm. Those are all things that don't change. Right. Right. So the who you are piece, your identity is unchanging. Mm-hmm. Um. It is, it is the foundation of your existence, mm-hmm. okay? So then calling is why you're here. Mm-hmm. And calling is, if you think of identity as sort of 60,000 feet elevation, mm-hmm. it's very high, you know, like calling might be 20,000 feet elevation. So calling then gets into um, what I would say is the intersection of where your strengths and your passions come together. Okay, I like that. So where strengths and passions intersect is where calling. And sometimes in the church we get we get really we get we get this thing mixed up because people will say, "Well, Brad, isn't your calling as a follower of Jesus to know God and to make Him known?" Yes, mm-hmm. there's a there's a fundamental underlying salvation calling that also then gives you identity back into, again, you said child of God. So all, of, all the pieces of the kingdom, the big K kingdom, all exist with up in that identity portion. Mm-hmm. And those are unchanging, again. So when somebody says, well, my calling is to know God and to make Him known, yes, mm-hmm. agree. Anybody who follows Jesus, that's true. But there is a vocational calling as well. Mm-hmm. Vocational calling, meaning that God's wired you and He's gifted yes. you, He's given you passions and He's given you strengths. Yes to go pursue something that will allow then you to look back on your life and to say, oh, I now see the riverbanks I was supposed to run in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for you, what's yours? Like, what would you yeah, say calling is? I, like, my calling is, is to help people uh, become, you know, know, you know, become like Christ, know Christ, and then become more like Him. You know, the way we say it is come to Christ and grow in Christ. And that's, that, that's the calling of my life. Okay. Mm-hmm. And dive even deeper, though. Vocationally, well, you have a you have a calling. so yeah. The way that looks, the way that looks right now is I, I lead a multi site church here here in Central Indiana and and through the through those campuses and we we try to help people you know become disciples. Yeah. When you okay. When you said I lead a multi site uh, multi campus church. Yes. You just moved to assignment. Okay. Without even realizing it. Okay. And a lot of us again we 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 will put assignment actually into our calling. Okay. So I'll give you my example. You know, when I was leading Catalyst, Catalyst was an assignment. Hmm. It actually wasn't even my calling. My calling is to influence the influencers. That's mm-hmm. that's my statement. Lots sure. of other people I have like had it. it. Yeah. Um, many people, other people will, but that's the riverbanks I run in. Mm-hmm. Influence the influencers. So I can do that in a number of expressions. Um, that gives a why element to to what I do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But what happened for me at Catalyst, the temptation was that not only was Callus becoming my calling, but it was now moving into the identity piece. Mm. I see. So when somebody would say, well, who are you, Brad? Yeah. I would I, say, well, I'm a Callus guy, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's dangerous. Yeah, it's so it is. dangerous right. because all of a sudden, when that season of assignment is over... Right, you can't leave. What happens? You can't leave. You're stuck. You You're know, attached. Think, think, of the, think of the professional athlete. Mm-hmm. I've, I've gotten Brett, the chance Brett the last Favre couple of years or, to, or Michael Jordan or, to help a lot of professional athletes navigate this issue. Yeah. They think as soon as they walk away from the game, mm. 
their whole identity is gone yeah. and their calling and their assignment. Right. No, 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 no. Wait, we got it all warped up. You, you got your axles, you got stuff wrapped around the wrong axles. Mm-hmm. Your assignment was to be a professional football player for the last eight years. Mm. Your calling might be to inspire people. Mm-hmm. Your identity is, you know, again, unchanging stuff. Right. Yeah. So, no, you've got like multiple assignments that are now going to be on your life over the next 40 years, right. even though you think that it's done. And mm-hmm. now you're on the JV team. Yeah. So we've got to get this right it, because otherwise people, they just walk through life dysfunctional and actually like they, they feel like every opportunity then is a change of identity. Mm-hmm. And it can't be. It's, it's a not. change of assignment potentially, right. Right. but not of identity or of your calling. Yeah. And, and I know you go deeper into this in your book, um, H3 Leadership. So if you guys haven't picked up that book... Um, Brad, Brad dissects this even more in that book there. So, uh, so my my the way I look at your story, or the way I hear it is that at some point you you got super clear in your identity, and that clarity allowed you or empowered you to to step away. Yes, I got super clear on all three of those pieces mm. because I was again I was starting to walk into what many of us do mm-hmm. that my calling, even though that's the connecting point between identity and assignment. It started to leak into both of those, and now mm-hmm. all of a sudden my identity was wrapped around the assignment I had, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Yeah. And as soon as that happens, again, we we start to struggle with lots of things in life. Mm-hmm. And as soon as though it was clear, and I and through a process, it's like, you know, I, like I literally went to London in 2014, and we killed Callis Brad <laughs> with with somebody who was walking, who was navigating this season with me. Mm. We actually had a moment next to the Thames River, and we were drinking coffee in the morning, and I said, all right, what are we doing today? You know, Because he was kind of navigating me a sabbatical time mm-hmm, and just walking through mm-hmm, this process. Mm-hmm. And he said, we're going to kill Callus Brad. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, what? Why? I like him. Because it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. And here's what, if we wouldn't have done that, Danny, I would have walked through the next five years bitter, mm-hmm. cynical. Mm-hmm. Everything in me, even though I stepped away from leading something, Everything in me would have been so uh, inappropriately motivated to see the thing that I built fail. fail. Mm, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, because I get it. all of a sudden, you know what that does? It validates. It oh, validates. Brad, they mm-hmm. need you. Yeah, man. If you were still there, it would be so much better. Yeah. And this is this is, man, for pastors, this is a real temptation because mm. you move on and you think. Well, what's going on now at that church I was part of before? Yeah. Well, you know they're really struggling. If you were back, mm. things and, oh, and there there is a toxicity in all of us that is fueled by that. Yeah. Because we didn't we didn't navigate stepping away from something healthy. Yeah. yeah. With a healthy mindset. Yeah. So that's fantastic stuff. I hope you guys were listening. Take notes on that. Uh, that that that's in all of us. That darkness. That that. Uh, so we have to get this calling. We have to get this identity thing uh, straight. And, so, and by the way, it starts early. Think of the high school quarterback mm, or the point guard mm-hmm. who was the all-star as a senior. Gets all the attention, gets they, the scholarship. Now, now they're 22 or 23. They're still wearing the letter jacket, and they're showing up at practice. And you're like, who's the creeper? I've never done that. No, none of us ever have, right? <laughs> but I'm living in the past. I'm living on, man, I... You guys know who I am, yeah, right? Yeah. Like five years Remember ago, what I, did? Yeah, I was the sure. All-Stater, right? Like, <laughs> you guys still care about me. Yeah. No, move on. 
Yeah. Move on. But the healthy the healthy seasons of transition right. have to be part of that expression. That's so good. So in your story also, I know that you did take a sabbatical and you did have people to walk you through the process. Uh, can you can you speak to that? Like most people would not think I need to take some time away to think th- about this, or I need to get a, a coach or a mentor. What what motivated you to do that? Were you did was that your idea? And 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 how important was the sabbatical and this person? I think his name was Steve, yeah, your Steve friend Cochran. Steve. Yeah. Uh, you know, speak speak to that a little bit. Well, I'm so a lot of it's the way you're wired. Um, I'm a three on the Enneagram. Hmm. I'm an ENTJ. I will kill myself. On the Myers-Briggs, just for yes, those Myers-Briggs. my listeners. You know I will that. actually destroy myself in pursuit of the mountaintop. What a great question for us to end this episode of the conversation with Brad Lominick. Don't forget, come back next month for part two of two of Danny and Brad's conversation. Now, we ask that if you liked or this podcast, that you would rate or review it on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. If you want to know more information about Emmanuel Church, the church that Pastor Danny leads, you can go to eclife.org. And just like every month, we ask you to share this with a friend and come back next month. We'll see you then.